Welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, president of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. And welcome to Israel and You. And our last time together, I unveiled to you uh, the answer to the question, what on earth is happening? And what is happening is God is sending three earthquake-like revolutions to the church. And a revolution can be defined as a shake-up. And so Scripture says in the book of Hebrews that God's going to shake everything and so that what cannot be shaken will remain. And so these three revolutions, we looked at the first one our last time, and I'll finish up that uh, on this program, and then we'll look at the second revolution as well today. But the first revolution is the revolution of separation, and that comes from Matthew 25. And Jesus said that at the end of the age, he's going to separate the nations as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats based on how they treat his brethren, the Jewish people. And so there's this separation going on. There are nations that are rejecting Israel, and they would be considered the goat nations. So there'll be goat nations in the last days. There'll be sheep nations in the last days. There'll be goat churches and sheep churches. And so we're seeing this separation. It's also based on Romans 11, where Paul says, don't boast against the Jewish branches, because they're the natural branch. And if you, being a wild olive shoot, have been engrafted in to the natural branch of the olive tree, Israel, and you've received the nourishing sap of the olive tree, don't boast, don't be arrogant against the natural branch, the Jewish people, because if you do, you yourself will be cut off. And so we're seeing this cutting away in these days of goat Christians and sheep Christians, those that have contempt towards Israel. It says in Genesis 12, 3, if you curse or show contempt towards the Jewish people, I will cause you, God says, to be fruitless. And so we're seeing these mainline denominations filled with many times unknowing Christians. It's the leaders of their denominations that have begun to promote the BDS movement, the boycott, divestment, and sanction movement of Israel. One evangelical uh, pastor, Stephen Zeiser from England, he's a Holocaust denier. He says that Christians who support Israel have repudiated the Bible and they are an abomination to God. Think of that. An evangelical pastor who says that anyone that would stand with the Jewish people They are an abomination to God. There was a second century heretic. His name was Marsonian. He taught that the God of the Old Testament is different than the God of the New. His heresy sought to erase all Jewish values and the Jewish roots from Christianity. The liberal German theologian Adolf von Harnack, he breathed new life into Marsonianism in the 1930s in Germany. And the Nazis embraced the heresy of Marsonian, and they called it positive Christianity. They rejected all the Jewish values. They rejected the Ten Commandments, the commandments from the Old Testament. And so Marsonian taught we need to unhitch from the Old Testament. We must reject all Jewish values and principles. We must make Christianity more socially acceptable. So the Nazis called this positive Christianity. But I would say today we cannot have Abraham's God 
without Abraham's children. And to reject the Jews is to reject the God of the Jews because God has identified himself as the God of Israel. He said, I'm the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. To reject the Jewish people is to reject Jesus because in Matthew 1.1, Matthew opens up his gospel with the genealogy of Jesus. And he says, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So Jesus was Jewish. And to reject his brethren, the Jewish people, is to reject Jesus himself. Uh, right now, the second largest church in America, it's numbers about 30,000 people. This church has embraced the heresy of Marsonianism. And the pastor there is encouraging his church to unhitch your faith from Jewish scriptures and from a Jewish worldview and value system. That's a direct quote from this pastor. But Jesus died according to what scriptures? The Old Testament scriptures. All through the New Testament, it says this was done to fulfill what the prophets had spoken. And where did the prophets speak uh, their prophecies? In the Old Testament scriptures. And we would have to throw out even the Lord's Prayer if we were going to do away with all Jewish values and principles and Old Testament scriptures. Because interestingly, the Lord's Prayer comes from uh, first century Judaism. Jesus was a Jew. And as a young Jewish boy growing up, he would have memorized word for word uh, what was called the Amidah or the 18. It was a, a <clears throat> prayer of 18 sections that every Jewish person had memorized. And the rabbis in the first century said, if you're in a pinch and you need to pray quickly, you can abbreviate the Amidah. And here's the abbreviation. Are you ready? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, and so on. Jesus was drawing from the Judaism of his day in many of the parables that he taught uh, through his ministry. And this pastor's book, he wrote a book on the subject to try to make Christianity more socially acceptable, more positive. And he says this, participants in the new covenant <clears throat> are not required to obey any of the commandments found in the first part of the Bible. The Ten Commandments, he says, are from the Old Covenant. And then he says, careless mixing and matching of Old and New Covenant values and imperatives is what makes the current version of our faith unnecessarily resistible. In other words, values like thou shalt not commit adultery must be done away with, according to this evangelical pastor. He wants to make Christianity less resistible. Well, the Nazis call this positive Christianity. Today, we call this progressive Christianity. And progressive Christianity is now sweeping the evangelical movement all across America. It's already swept through the mainline denominations. They've already experienced this separation. They've already experienced being cut off. Many of them support the boycott, divestment, and sanction movement against the Jewish people in Israel. And so these mainline denominations are crumbling. They're fighting to stay afloat. What is happening? The revolution of separation has begun. They've had contempt for Jewish values, contempt towards Israel and the Jewish people. And God says in Genesis 12, 3, if you show contempt towards Abraham's offspring, I will cause you to be fruitless. And so George Santana, the, uh, the philosopher and historian, he said, those who cannot remember the past 
are condemned to repeat it. And so if we don't remember what has happened to us, this all is taking place again. It took place in the Middle Ages. It took place in Nazi Germany, where Christian people disconnected their root system from Jewish values and Jewish principles. We have not learned the lesson that anti-Judaism brings Christianity to the edge of darkness. The Lord Jesus, the chief shepherd of the church, is shaking the church world today. The revolution of separation has begun. Romans 11 is being fulfilled right before our eyes, where churches and Christians are being cut off because of their rejection and their arrogance against the Jewish people. It's breathtaking to me how swift this separation is happening. I wrote this book with Coach Bill McCartney back in 2009 about these three revolutions. The book is entitled Two-Minute Warning, Why It's Time to Honor Jewish People Before the Clock Runs Out. Never believing that in my lifetime we would see these three revolutions hit the church so swiftly. But things are changing rapidly, beloved, and we've got to be on the right side of history. We must stand with the Jewish people in this very critical moment of history. And churches who are boasting against Israel and the Jews are being driven from the presence of God. They're being cut off, as Paul said in Romans 11. And it's this self-will rejection of not only Israel, but the God of Israel. So I would encourage you, to find a church that loves and support Israel and the Jewish people. Because in the days that we're living, there's an apostate church uh, and there's an authentic church. There are sheep churches and goat churches. There are sheep nations and goat nations. And so as you look about what's happening in the church world, you can see the chief shepherd is coming to the close of history and he's working this revolution and shaking the church, this revolution of separation. And he's separating those that love his people and those who reject his people. Uh, Lifeway, Christian books, they recently did a study of evangelical millennials across America. And they found that about 70% of evangelical millennials have grown uh, accustomed to Uh, standing against the Jewish people and Israel. And that's why we do our work on college campuses, Israel Team Advocates International, because within 10 years, if this trend continues, evangelicalism will be anti-Israel. I was recently on a campus a major Christian university, sitting down with a Hebrew scholar, a Hebrew professor, and we were talking about this separation and what's going on. And at the end of our conversation, he said, Aaron, I just have to tell you, I support replacement theology. I do not stand with the Jewish people. I do not stand with Israel. And I see no significance uh, for God's end-time program for the Jewish people. And I looked at him and I said, sir, how is this even possible? You, you went to Hebrew University in Jerusalem. You studied Hebrew, and now you're teaching Hebrew in a Christian university. He said, well, after Hebrew University, I went to a very liberal uh, uh seminary that taught me replacement theology and to reject the Jews. And so this is what's happening right before our eyes. But I've got wonderful, wonderful news for you. All this seems to be a little uh, earth-shattering and even negative, this, this revolution of separation that's going on. But as we pay attention to the church world, you can clearly see it. There is a progressive Christianity that's making Christianity more and more positive, 
rejecting the values of the olive tree Israel, rejecting Israel itself. And you see at the same time, there's a remnant church. There's a group of remnant Christians that are standing with Israel in these last days of time. And so here's the wonderful news. Running parallel along this revolution of separation is another revolution. And God is changing hearts. He is opening the eyes of pastors and saints to the fact that the very heart of our faith, the rudiments of the gospel, are of Jewish origin. God is on the move. What is this movement? It's the revolution of restoration. And after 2,000 years of separation from the rudiments of our faith, saints and the nations are awakening to the truth that Jesus is Jewish. In fact, Jesus is the world's best-known Jew. He was raised in a Jewish culture. He was taught by devout Jewish parents. He lived a lifestyle based on Jewish customs. He practiced the feasts of Israel. He was born, very possibly, the Feast of Tabernacles. He died at Passover. The church was born on the Feast of Pentecost. Jesus may even possibly return on the Feast of Trumpets because Paul says he's coming at the last trumpet. And the Feast of Trumpets is known as the Feast of the Last Trumpet or the feast of the opening of the gates of heaven. So Jesus is returning as the lion of the tribe of Judah, Judah. Judah is where we get our word uh, Jewish. And so Jesus is returning as a Jew. He was born a Jew. He died a Jew. He was resurrected as a Jew. And when he returns, he's not coming back to Chicago or New York City. He's coming back to Jerusalem. He's setting his feet on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. And Jesus said to the Jewish people before uh, he perished and before he uh, ascended into heaven, he said, I will not see you again until I hear you say, Baruch Hatah Hashem Adonai, which means blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So the welcoming committee for Jesus will be Jewish people who say in Hebrew, Baruch Atah Hashem Adonai. So when we come back from the other side of the break, we're going to look again at this revolution of restoration that's going on right now in the body of Christ. You can go to our website, israelteam.org. It's an educational website. There's lots of information in there about how you can discover your Jewish roots uh, information about the rise of anti-Semitism within evangelicalism. So go to our website, that's israelteam.org, and we'll catch you on the other side of the break. Hello, I'm Aaron Free, and I'm honored to serve as president of Israel Team Advocates International. Israel Team is a unique nonprofit organization that is changing the growing narrative within the Christian world that the Jewish people are illegally occupying the land of Israel. The truth is that God, the God of the Bible, identifies himself as the God of Israel, and Jerusalem is his footstool. God has given this land to the Jewish people as an eternal possession. Within the evangelical communities, millennial generation and generation Z, there's an alarming decline of support for Israel. Presently, about 70% of young evangelicals are unsure of Israel's right of their very existence. If this trend continues, we're going to see a majority anti-Israel evangelical movement within 10 years. Imagine future Christian leaders in America calling for the removal of Jews from the Holy Land. 
Israel team cares deeply about the future of American Christianity and is investing in the young Christian leaders of tomorrow. We work on Christian college campuses and church youth and college groups to make a difference for Israel and the church as well. We mentor pastors and church leaders and counteract the growing trend of replacement theology being proclaimed from churches across America. I'm asking you today to help us in this noble cause. We can change the current trend of anti-Israelism, one church and one college campus at a time. You can go to our website at israelteam.org to donate today and stand with us today. We ask you that you consider giving to Israel Team on a monthly basis. In the present exponential rise of anti-Semitism in America, our efforts must double to push back against this darkness. For your gift this month to Israel Team, we want to send you our new book, The Casualty of Contempt, The Alarming Rise of Anti-Semitism, and What Can Be Done to Stop It. Go to israelteam.org. That's israelteam.org. This is Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Hey, welcome back to Israel and You. And again, you can go to our website, israelteam.org. That's israelteam.org. And it's educational. There's tons of information in there that will help you on this journey of restoring the Jewish roots of your faith. You can also follow us on Facebook, uh, Israel Team Advocates. We post news information uh, generally every day. You can follow what's going on right now in the state of Israel and the rise of anti-Semitism. Our Facebook is Israel Team Advocates. So we're looking at this revolution of restoration that uh, is happening right before our eyes with Christians all over the world that are waking up to this wonderful truth and being restored to the Jewish roots of their faith and realizing that Jesus is himself Jewish. Christian history has, for 2,000 years, de-Judaized Jesus. We have voided out the Jewish context of his life. We have made him a non-Jew. Even in our pictures, I, I remember going to Sunday school when I was a kid. I always thought Jesus was Swedish or even a California surfer. I grew up in California, and the, the pictures in our Sunday school classrooms had Jesus, blonde hair and blue eyes, you know, wonderful California tan. I always thought he's got to have Swedish origins or something, never really realizing he was Jewish. And so we've de-Judaized Jesus. But Jesus said, I will build my church. And the word there he used was in Greek, ekklesia, in Hebrew, kahal. It was the same word that when the children of Israel went up to Mount Sinai, when Moses was receiving the Ten Commandments, it says the entire kahal in Hebrew or ekklesia uh, you know, stayed at the base of the mountain. And so Jesus is building what Abraham was building, what Moses was building. It's the ecclesia, also known as the Commonwealth of Israel or the Congregation of Israel. So Jesus wasn't starting a new religion called Christianity. He was building on the Old Testament fathers, the Old Testament prophets, and everything that he proclaimed in the New Testament, his teaching uh, as a first century Jewish rabbi, was based on uh, Old Testament scriptures, the, the covenants, the promises, the prophets, the fathers. The Bible says that the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and Jesus being the chief cornerstone. And so those 12 Jewish apostles, of course, they were Jewish. So everything that Christianity is built on are 
Jewish covenants, promises, prophets, and pastors and fathers. So in our Sunday school curriculum, I, I remember someone brought this to my attention not long ago. They, they said that they're looking at some Sunday school curriculum and it says, Jesus was a nice Christian boy who went to church on Sunday morning. Well, they, they got it wrong in this curriculum. He was a Jewish boy. He didn't go to church. He went to a synagogue on Saturday. He, he lived life as a first century Jew. The rabbis say you can sum up Judaism in one phrase. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Then the rabbis say all the rest of Judaism is just commentary. And so Jesus emphasized the same commandment. What's the greatest commandment? Jesus didn't come up with a new one. He drew from the Old Testament. He said the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. So we've been so blinded to the Jewishness of Jesus for so long. It's a revelation that is more caught than taught. And I was you know, born a Jew and became a pastor in a Gentile church and really rejected all of my Jewish roots until... I had just this epiphany back in 2002. Again, visions are sometimes caught, not just taught. And I went to Israel for my first time, and my greatest takeaway was the table that I saw in the old city of Jerusalem on Friday evening Shabbat, that families were gathered around the table, and the father was blessing his sons, and the mother was blessing uh, the daughters, and I came home and I said to my wife, Sharon, you know, we need to really establish the table as a core principle of our family because, you know, we, we just were kind of nibbling on food. We weren't really having sit-down meals. So since 2002, we've had a family meal, get this, seven nights of every uh, day of every week. And so it's a priority in our life where we gather our family together and each family meal we bless our kids and uh, we share, we pray together around the table and we bless our kids. You know, the last thing that Jesus did while he was ascending, the Bible says he stretched out his hands as he was ascending to heaven and he blessed his disciples. Uh, the people would bring their children to Jesus to have him bless them. So that was another major revelation to me, the, the principle of, of blessing your children. I wrote a book called The Forgotten Blessing on, on the powerful principle of blessing your children. You see, all these things come from our, our Jewish learning, from our Jewish roots. Jesus prayed in John 17, 21, the high priestly prayer. He said, I don't pray for these alone that you've given me, but also pray for all those that will believe in me through their message. The question is, who are these and who are those? And Jesus never prayed a prayer that hasn't been answered, but this prayer has not fully been answered yet. Uh, who are these and who are those? Well, these that you've given me, those are Jesus' Jewish family. Those are all the nations that will believe in Jesus through the message of the Jews. The Bible says salvation has come through the Jews, and so that they may be one so that the world might believe that you have sent me. So there's got to be a point in history where the church after 2,000 years, we embrace our Jewish uh, fathers of our faith, our Jewish brothers. We embrace the roots of our faith. And one day, 
Paul says in Ephesians 2, those Jewish believers and uh, Gentile believers will become one new man. So we cannot separate the God of Israel from the people of Israel. After 2,000 years of separation, it's high time we honor the true fathers of the Christian faith. And the last words of the Old Testament in the book of Malachi, it says there's going to be a restoration of the fathers to their children. And that is my prayer, that a cry in all of us in the body of Christ will will cry out to God that there can be a restoration between uh, Jewish fathers and the children from the nations who have come into this nourishing sap of the olive tree. Paul said, for the sake of the fathers, we love them, the Jewish people. Acts 3.21 says, Jesus whom heaven must receive until the time of restoration of all things. So this revolution of restoration is coming. There's nations all over the world now, churches from the nations that are embracing the entire concept that their Jew, their roots as Christians come from uh, Jewish roots. In the book of Galatians, Paul said that Christ was crucified on a tree so that all the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles who believe. So if you're listening today and you're part of the body of Christ, you've been engrafted into this wonderful olive tree. And all the blessings of Abraham, all the blessings upon his Jewish descendants are meant for you as well. You've been grafted into the nourishing sap of the olive tree. And there's a richness to understand the feasts of Israel. Do you know that Jesus is found in every feast? He's found in the Feast of Passover. He's found in the Feast of Pentecost. He's found in the Feast of Trumpets. All the feasts, you can find Jesus. So Jesus is sending a revolution of restoration to the church. And I'm so happy to see that it's here. He's restoring to a remnant church, a true church, uh, from the nations, the Hebraic heart of the faith. And as we honor our Jewish friends, you know what happens? They honor us. My Jewish friends, they know I'm Jewish, and I'll say, listen, you, you guys want to bring me into the light of Torah to understand uh, God's commandments from the Old Testament, uh, the, the richness of Old Testament scriptures. And you're not trying to forcefully convert me into understanding those things, but you're like a, a light to me of the truth of the Torah. And is it okay if I'm a light to you uh, for the Messiah Jesus that I've accepted to my Messiah, not trying to forcefully convert you as Christians have done over the centuries? And my Jewish friends will say, yes, let's, let's walk together in relationship we're not trying to force anything on one another. The greatest roadblock to learning is condemnation before investigation. Jews don't have such a problem with Jesus. Jesus is Jewish. They have a problem with being dishonored by Christians. And Jews are a people of history, and they remember the Crusades and the forced baptisms and even the Holocaust that was promoted by the German church. And so they're sometimes leery of understanding our Messiah. And so we, we've got to love them as they want to love and honor us. And we've got to find the root that has separated us for 2,000 years. And the root that has separated us is jealousy. And we'll take a look at that next time. But in the meantime, I encourage you to go to our website, israelteam.org. 
And you can find on there lots of articles and teaching material that'll help you find your Jewish roots and the foundation of your faith. We'll see you next time on Israel and You. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.